0: W-H-H-F-M Speedway w 2 a cm
1: Available
2: on HP Drop in
0: it's the moment y'all been waiting for Broadcasting it. from the Isaac and Isaacs WeWin.com Injury Lawyer Studio It's the show where Indy comes to top Open lines With Indy's newsman, Cameron Riddle One, two, 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 three. Hold up
3: And Good morning to you, Indianapolis. I'm Indy's newsman, Cameron Roto, coming to you live from the 106.7 WTLC and new hot 100.9 studios on this rainy Sunday morning, last Sunday in January. And we've got a jam-packed show for you here this morning. Uh, Indianapolis Mayor Joe Hogsett will be here. He is running for a third term as the mayor of the Circle City. And there we go. We'll talk to him about a bit of a state of the city, a state of his current term, how things are going. As you guys know, there was a lot happening uh, in the news, both here in Indianapolis and around the country, things that have happened recently. And we'll check in with the mayor about what the city is doing with certain things, including uh, several uh, public safety things uh, as far as violence reduction uh, 2022 was a better year for violence and so uh, that is a win for the Hogshead administration uh, as their goal was to lower crime now they've set another benchmark to lower crime even more this year so we'll talk to them about what those plans are and how things are shaping up as well as uh, nut no, a among a number of other issues is what I was trying to say Uh, You'll also get the chance to talk to the mayor. I'll ask my questions, and then you can call in and ask yours. Uh, Mayor Joe Hogsett will be on our live line this morning at 830. We will start the show today, though, with open lines talking to you uh, on this Sunday morning, the last Sunday in January of 2023. I don't know about you, but that month did not blow by. I keep thinking, oh, wait, that was this month, too? January was a long month. Uh, But... Uh, just this week, there's been a lot in the news. Um, as you all know, uh, you had the uh, the video out of Memphis uh, with the officers, the five black officers, uh, beating a man to death. Um, the latest name that everybody, unfortunately, has come to know is Tyree. Um, and so uh, I have not watched that video yet. Um, you know, it came out. Friday afternoon, Friday evening, around 6 o'clock. And um, I decided I wasn't going to start the weekend that way. Um, I have not watched the beating video of Tyree Nichols. Um, And at some point, I I probably will. Um, But, um, you know, Friday, actually, I had just seen the video that same day. A weird blockbuster day, it felt like, of people being harmed on video, the Paul Pelosi video, uh, was was dropped, as weird as that sounds, um, at noon on Friday, and then six hours later, we knew that the video of uh, Tyree Nichols would be coming out, and so uh, that was a lot uh, of of trauma to see in one day, so I encourage everybody to just be careful with your mental health, because you're not supposed to see these things, These not because you shouldn't, but because they're not supposed to happen, and we have just grown accustomed to seeing them over and over and over and over again uh, now that pretty much everything is on video, it used to be there wasn't video or there wasn't enough video or there wasn't a, a video to show a certain angle now uh, with body cameras, everybody has a cell phone, there's a security camera on every on every building. you're getting to see every single angle uninterrupted and uh, the frequency at which we are uh, having these conversations is a whole nother issue for, uh, your mental health. So uh, I did not watch that video yet. Uh, at some point, I probably will. Maybe sometime this week. Um, but um, I did need to watch it to understand that uh, the the pain that I've seen out of that uh, young man's mother, um, the number of people who have watched it and reported back and said what they've seen, calling it worse than the Rodney King video. Um, nothing about that encouraged me to want to go. Uh, and watch it. But uh, so as we start open lines, uh, we will have open lines for the first half hour of the show. You are welcome to call in and talk about whatever it is you want. Uh, I'm leaving this portion of the show open because I know a lot of people probably want to express their thoughts about that video and how things are going. Of course, here in Indianapolis, we've had our own uh, recent situation again. Um, uh, Herman Whitfield was the uh, was the most recent video that I did watch, which is part of the reason why I'm not interested in watching. The Tyree Nichols video. Uh, He was the the person who was uh, tased by IMPD um, and then uh, eventually uh, passed away after his parents had called uh, 911 to get some help because he was having a psychosis, a mental episode. Um, And obviously that did not turn out the way they envisioned. And so that's also, of course, one of the things we'll ask the mayor about an update uh, on that situation coming up here at 830. Uh, But the phone lines are open for you, 317-239-1009, 317-239-1009. Also, uh, some news here this morning um, in education and IPS. You know, I've been talking about this um, referendum plan that IPS um, has been putting forth, the Rebuilding Stronger plan, which when we talked about it last fall was a plan about rebuilding some IPS schools uh Getting getting a lot of progress and, and movement that IPS has not seen in years. Well, that plan uh, is uh, got a little woe in the giddy up, as I say, um, because the charter schools of Indianapolis would like a piece of that pie, so much so that they had to have a school board meeting on a Saturday yesterday. Uh, to talk about the plans and how that money would be split up. If you were with us last week when we were talking with uh, state representative and chairman of the IBLC, Earl Harris Jr., he was explaining the formula for uh, these, the charter schools is that uh, charter schools can now, if they are physically in the boundary of a school district, can now uh, ask that school district for a piece of their budget or their referendum money. Uh, they don't have to. The school district does not have to give it, but the law has been changed as of last year that charter schools can now request some of that money. And so uh, IPS is an interesting situation. This would happen in any school district, but IPS is the one in Indianapolis where all the charter schools are. So you would have this exact same problem if I decided to open up a charter school on the west side of Indianapolis at, at Girl School Road and, uh, at, at 10th Street across from um, Ben Davis High School. But we're not, you're not hearing much from them because all the charter schools are in the Indianapolis Public School District. And um, IPS is basically having to try and figure out um, how to share this money with the charter schools. And neither side can agree now. The charter schools want more money. There's commercials running on this radio station. I heard one um, the other day. Um saying that uh it was allowing white kids to get more money than black kids. Um and at the end of the day, it's uh it's some interesting marketing uh that is going on. Um and so all of this to say the latest development this weekend was IPS was going to vote as a school board, would they put that referendum, their operating budget, uh, would they put that on a May referendum? You've got till mid February to Uh, certify that, send it off to the Secretary of State's office so that it can be on the May ballot. Well, yesterday that was supposed to happen, and IPS has decided to delay uh, that vote. They did not vote this weekend on uh, their operating referendum budget because charter schools are now saying they want a piece of it. Um, And so that is changing the budget of what IPS wanted to do with with students that go to its schools You've got these uh, partner IPS schools that want some money, but you also have these independent charter schools that have absolutely no connection to IPS who are saying, hey, well, we're in your district and we're serving some of the same kids. So we want some of your money. And um, at some point, I'd like to get uh, Alicia Johnson on the air to explain this. Um, from her point of view, because I can tell you if you read the Indianapolis Star article that's out this morning, she is not happy. She was not pleased about what went down and this back and forth uh, between uh, IPS and the charter schools because it is interrupting the plan that she has, uh, the vision that she has to rebuild Indianapolis public schools stronger. You know, it's like you decide you want to save up money because you want to buy a new house, and then all of a sudden somebody who says, well, hey, I live on the same street as you, so... I want some of the money that you've been saving to buy your house. And I'm not going to tell you what I'm going to do with it. You can't hold me accountable for it. The rules are loosey-goosey. Um, but the issue is you you would just probably say, well, just buzz off. You ain't not get nothing. Well, this person also babysits your kids so that you can go to work, and they've kind of got you in a, between a rock and a hard place. Uh, and so that's kind of what's going on. Uh, With his charter school business and IPS, it has now put uh, the IPS budget and the rebuilding stronger plan in some serious jeopardy. There is a capital referendum that's also there to help rebuild some schools and um, some physical things that IPS needs. And that one sounds like it will be on the May ballot. But the operating referendum, which uh, is going to which helps daily operations like teachers get paid and the monies that students get uh, the students that money that comes in for students, all of that is in jeopardy now because they can't figure out uh, how to uh, divide it. And so this charter school thing has uh, is, is really heating up. Uh, and so that's just what happened this past weekend. OK, I've talked enough. That's what's happening. Uh, some of the big stories. Mayor Joe Hawks coming up at 8.30 right now, let's talk to you, 317-239-1009, 317-239-1009, and a lot like to keep your eye on, keep paying attention, because stuff is happening. Uh, and so I want to know what you think about it now. A lot uh, a lot to give out there. So let's go to the phone lines. Caller her on line two. Let's start with you. Good morning. Who's this?
4: Good morning. Good morning, Cameron. And thanks for my call, Brother up this morning.
3: Good to hear from you, sir. Getting my
4: good chai tea in and I watched uh, all of them, and I watched the street view angle is the mm-hmm. real one. that just, I think, it's going to nail them to the cross even worse
1: because
4: mm-hmm. they took their, uh, on a couple of videos, they, they took their body cameras off, but they must have forgot the street camera was there. So I don't think there's a chance. I just wanted to do something here, real brief, on Sunday morning. I want to pour some libations for, I go way back, and I remember these people. Um, Amadou Diallo, Abner Louima. Sean Bell, shot 50 times going to his bachelor party. Sandra Bland, the video shows her neck was broke. She was limp when they took her in the police station. India Kager, that was a Navy vet in Virginia, killed riding with her child. Corey Gaines, shot by police holding her one-year-old, and so on, so on, so on. Chris Dorner is a hero, people. Chris Dorner wrote this in his manifesto. He talked about the cops. He specifically talked about black cops even having a worse chip on their shoulder. You all don't remove Chris Dorner is? Look it up. Chris Dorner was the ex-police that uh, had to shoot out with the police. And now we see from his manifesto, he was right. As a vet, this, this, this whole, I'm a veteran of the United States Air Force in this country, people. I get full benefits. I've gotten so much stuff over the years from just being a vet. So I'm proud to be a vet. And this behavior of decimating the rights of my people, it sickens me. They treat us like insurgents. Some, some vets on social media, some vets, many vets, say that they act worse than the Taliban. These are combat vets saying this. They act worse than the Taliban. I never met the Taliban. But combat vets say that, that have had interaction with the Taliban say the actions they see from American police are worse than the Taliban. Lastly, Jason Winlock. From Indianapolis and Fishers, and and I have, a, I ain't gonna even get on that. From Indianapolis and Fishers, blamed single black mothers for what the black officers did on Fox News. It was very sad. It was very sad. He blamed single black mothers. No, you're an adult. You're responsible for your own actions. I can't blame my mother, my father, who's not with us no more, for any action I do or don't do i've been well taught well prepared, and I know exactly what 's the difference between right and wrong we 're not going to pass that buck around here i mean Fox News needs to be listed as, as 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 modus operandi of of just a complete degradation of the American way because they don 't do anything that 's worth anything and lastly, people, you have to teach our children to quit listening to these rappers, quit listening to these entertainers. I've watched three days. I haven't seen a quote from Snoop Dogg. I haven't seen a quote from Ice Cube, Denzel Washington, Tyler Perry, none of them. And TikTok is on the algorithm, trust me. This is why Meta and Google and all of them can't get right because they can't create that algorithm. And once you get in that algorithm on TikTok, I don't care who you are, you're going to come through. You're going to filter in the most popular. I've seen everybody. I haven't seen any of them. So please, black people, stop celebritizing these people. The only people that spoke out was LeBron James, the NBA Players Association of Entertainment Value, of, uh, uh, and, and the Memphis Grizzlies, and other NBA. I haven't seen them from the NFL yet. Nothing like that. We know they're scared. They don't have guaranteed contracts and, and things like that. NBA's. I mean, baseball's mostly all white. We're not going to hear enough from them. Hockey, probably not none either. But we're talking about our people, these rappers your children look up to, these entertainers you've got them looking up to. I haven't seen one quote from none of them. I'm talking about from the highest to the smallest, none. And we have to stop this. Thank
3: you, Karen. All right, thank you. 317-239-1009, 317-239-1009. Having some open lines to start the show. What's on your mind. There's a lot happening uh, in the world and in the city this week. Just want to give you a chance to. You know, let the people hear your thoughts, get some things off your chest. You are welcome to call 317-239-1009. Caller on three. Good morning. Who's this?
1: Uh, it's Larry, you know the thing they're going to do with tech? They're going to sell it to uh, these charter operations for $1 after they spent over $100 million. And improvements on the, on those buildings and grounds is some consortium with Mitch Daniels at the head of it that's going to buy that and turn it into a, a gated community. So that's what uh, Alicia Johnson is doing. You don't have to ask her any questions. But with the guy that got shot, he's a 29 year old grown man, right? Mm-hmm. He should know by now that you don't run to the police, from the police. You don't argue with the police. He was carrying probably some illicit drugs or something. That's why he ran. And for us to prop him up as a hero to our kids i know his mother was on talking about uh he said he was going to be a hero i just didn't know he was going to be this type of hero but but listen this is an embarrassment for black people you don't run from the police and all these people that are coming on defending them they've been watching the internet and they obviously have a uh a, uh a, 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 their plate and the internet knows what they want to see and keeps on sending it to them so that's enforcing them more and more when they look at, look at stuff that approves of them, and it's in a video form. So I think that they need to get off of that because what they're doing is, is that you just think of our kids, Cameron. They're telling our kids, and there's a couple of attorneys that come on this station, that you can run from the police, you can lock your keys in the car if the police try to search your car. When you're out there on the street with those men and women that are defending our cities and keeping uh, the peace around here, that's when you have a declaratory judgment against you. When they stop you, you cooperate with them. You don't give them any trouble. But, you know, I think now we're building this up so much, Gammon, that to get shot by a police, either black or white, is a good thing because you're going to get money for your family, whether you live or die. So, you know, it's the wrong way to go down. It's embarrassing and uh I just uh I just feel for our kids because they're being led down all kind of destructive roads other than that you have to have a job, young man. You have to stand up here in America where you live and abide by the rules. It's a covenant that you right. obey the police. Thanks, right. Gammon. Hey
3: and, and uh, those right. a-
1: Pete, Pete, Pete sent you a message. I'm ready. I got I got your message.
3: Okay. So uh I was gonna let everybody know, Larry by the way. Is an official uh, candidate running for mayor of Indianapolis as a Democrat, and uh, Larry will be on the show as a guest, as we have let everybody else do. And we've got two others that have just filed, possibly a third coming soon. Uh, Larry will be a guest on the show in two weeks, of uh, the second Sunday uh, in February. That's amazing. I'm willing to
1: take. I'm willing to take any questions.
3: All right. All right, Larry. We'll talk to you later. All right, 317-239-1009, 317-239-1009. You know, when uh, when the show is only weekly, it takes a long time to interview all of the uh, candidates for mayor. We've already had uh, Robin Shackelford on. We have had uh, Greg Merriweather on. We have had somebody else that I'm forgetting, uh, and I apologize. But uh, the—oh, Pastor James Jackson. We had James Jackson on running as a Republican. I'm trying to count everybody off the top of my head. Uh, And then uh, Mayor Joe Hogsett will be on today. Uh, Other people who have filed to run is Larry Vaughn, as you just heard. We'll have Larry on in about two weeks. Uh, And then there's a guy named John L. Couch who has run and somebody else who just filed. And then we are waiting to find out if our radio colleague, uh, talk show host Abdul Hakim Shabazz will be running. He's got a Make that announcement here in the next couple of days uh, because the filing deadline is approaching. I did text him to check in. You have an announcement you want to make? He said, stay tuned. Smiley face. 317-239-1009. 317-239-1009. We are in open lines. Talking about what is ever on your mind. A lot happening in the news this week. Just want to give everybody a chance to get some things off their chest. Share with us before we get into the mayor here a little bit uh, at 830. Uh, Due to time and the number, the amount of calls that we are getting, I'm going to try and keep everybody a little bit shorter. So it's not that I don't want to hear what you got to say, because I'm trying to give everybody a chance to uh, jump in. Caller on line one. Good morning. Who's this?
2: Hey, Cameron. How are you doing today?
3: Good, Paul. How are you, sir?
2: Oh, I'm well. And greetings to everybody. Since the mayor is coming on this morning and uh, you had brought up mental health mm-hmm. earlier. Um, on January the 6th, I was assaulted by the Indianapolis Police Department. And um, I mean, it was horrible mm-hmm. because I don't sell drugs and carry weapons and uh, any, of these, any of these things. And actually, uh, the this, this situation, um, I was actually <laughs> trying to um, help the police officers. But It had got so bad, and, um, you know, they triggered a lot of my um, mental state. Mm -hmm. Um, I ain't seen a psychiatrist in 30 years. I don't take medications or anything because I have learned how to um, control my mental health. Mm -hmm. But it was triggered so bad uh, with the police. The Indianapolis Police Department did to me. Um, you know, it's just, it, it was just ridiculous. That's all I want to say about that portion right there. But I do want people to know that I did go downtown and file the necessary uh, complaint against IP, IMPD. And when I was down there, one of the things that really caught my attention is that the person that was helping me was saying that a lot of people call and make complaints, but you don't go, you don't follow through with mm. it. The system doesn't work, guys. If you uh, call and then don't fill out the necessary paperwork, they uh, notarize your stuff for you. You don't have to pay for to be notarized. But when you're making these complaints against the police department, you need to follow through with it. And, um, you know, even though mine's is ongoing, I'm not going to go into no great details, but I wanted y'all to know that the Indianapolis Police Department are a cause of people having mental issues or mental breakdowns during any type of seizures. So, and then I'm, I'm off of that right now. And I want to say one thing about Larry Vaughn. You didn't came on this radio show and said you was going to be a Republican, a Democrat. Then you just said last week, you, you, you want the Republicans to win you, you dude, You don't need to be running for anything. You, you, you too old now and you're too angry, and, and all you do is talk against black people. And the last thing I want to say, that it's amazing to me how I've never heard white people being killed merely for a traffic stop by black officers. So you guys have a great day, and all I want to do is inspire thoughts and positive thoughts and start standing up for your rights.
1: Right. These,
2: these people cannot help us if we don't do the necessary things that we need to do. So I'll, when the mayor comes on, I hope he addresses. And and, and one other thing. Real I got to go, Paul. I got to go. I got to go. I, okay. Well, then, thank you for y'all's time. And y'all have a wonderful day.
3: Thank you, Paul. All right. 317-239-1009. Trying to squeeze in a couple more calls before the mayor comes on. Caller online, too. Good morning. Who's this? Hi, this is Kim. Hi, Kim. What's on your mind? Hi.
5: I'm going to be real brief. Uh, first of all, I want to touch on Larry running for mayor. Um, Larry, Larry, Larry um it's going to take a lot more for you to just say you're running for mayor um you need to actually put your um feet to the ground come out in the city and actually engage with people um am as of now i'm pretty sure you're not going to get many votes um but for those uh, who are interested um you definitely need to make sure that you're out in the community and talking what you have been talking about on the radio um for so long um get these possible votes that you're going to get don't know where they're going to come from but okay um secondly as far as ips sharing um the funds with charter schools i think they should absolutely um if the the schools are connected to them now if the schools are not directly connected to them as far as using their lunch as Mm -hmm. far as using um their transportation things like that um i know a few public schools do Mm -hmm. um and if those schools stand alone and don't service any of the students um i know some schools specifically have um after school activities for the students the IPS things of that nature mm-hmm. then yes they should absolutely use those funds but if the schools are standing alone um, and have no connection i don't see why they would need those funds um at all um certainly um just talked about this Memphis shooting and the police department mm-hmm. i feel as if um those officers i look at the age and the first thing i looked at And those officers range from 23 to 32, I believe. Mm So a lot of that, yeah, a lot of that is young egos and power. Um, That's just what sums it up to me automatically what stood out of my head. Um, And it's unfortunate that that happened and they will definitely be held responsible in the court of law and um, they don't get any, any um symphony, uh, symphony my way um so that's all i have to say on that and the mayor will be on for the uh running house that um indian alone has a really high ranking for police brutality um i want to know what he plans to do and what steps he has in uh, line to make sure that this doesn't happen in our city as it has happened recently mm-hmm. um over and over again, what steps does he have, steps of um, action does he have in line for his uh, police department.
3: Thank you, Kim. Um, And that's all I have to say. Thank you so much. That's one of the questions we'll be Uh asking here in a few minutes. Thank you so much. One last caller before we uh, go to break for the mayor. Caller on Line 3. Good morning. You're live on Open Lines. Who's this? Hey, how you doing, Brother Cameron? I'm good. I'm going to give you about a minute. Talk to me. What's up? Yeah, 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 yeah. I just want to take
0: time out and graduate all these candidates has come on your show. Even the mayor, the Honorable Mayor Joe said, I believe that we as leaders, some of us understand what's going on, some of us don't. We just running off the mouth, putting the blame on somebody else. Well, we can get up off our couch, off our chair, and get and get out here and and help somebody along the way because um, uh, it's i saying. Say, don't look down on a brother and sister if you ain't willing to pick them up. If you, if you.
3: If you see somebody is suffering, pick them up. All right. Up. We're going to leave it right there. I think that's the perfect way to end this segment. Thank you. keep up the good work. Thank you, man. Good to hear from you. We're going to leave right it right there because that's a good way to end this segment. With so much happening in the world and in the city, there are a lot of thoughts and a lot of feelings, and there are more people calling, and I thank you for uh, everybody calling in and expressing. All right, Indianapolis Mayor Joe Hogsett wants to be your mayor for a third term. He's had what will be eight years as the leader of Indianapolis, but he wants one more, one more term. He's got some unfinished business. Why does he want that? But we'll talk about what's happening in Indianapolis right now. And a bit of a state of the city when we talk with Indianapolis Mayor Joe Hogshead live here on Open Lines with Cameron Riddle. This is 106.7 WTLC and the new hot 100.9. We'll be right back.
0: Open Lines is Indy's favorite Sunday morning show. It's the show that brings you news about what's happening in Indy and around the world with Indy's newsman, Cameron Riddle. It's the show where Indy comes to talk. It's Open Lines with Cameron Riddle.
3: And we are back here on the new hot 100.9 and 106.7 WTLC on this Sunday morning. I'm Cameron Riddle. And on the show this morning, we will continue our series of talking to people who want to be mayor. That includes the current mayor. Uh, Joe Hogg said, at the beginning of the year, of the years I've always done this show, I always have tried, and we've been successful, of getting the mayor on uh, in the first couple of weeks of the year, sometime in January, to give us a a, a scene setter of, of the new year. And so this is that interview. We get to check in with the mayor, a number of things happening in the city, ask him his thoughts. What does the year look like? Kind of look back at 2023. But also this time, uh, it is a mayoral election year coming up uh in may you will have the may primary which is where when you will decide between uh and i don't want to get in trouble now with all of the different names because there are some new names that just came in on the democratic side uh who want to replace the gentleman we're about to talk to so you've got greg merriweather you've got representative robin shackelford larry vaughn um i believe john l couch and then the other name that just came in i believe is a Republican. Um, and so I don't have that off the top of my head, but um, all of those guys want to replace the current guy, uh, Mayor Joe Hogsett, and of course he wants a third term. But let's talk some about uh, the the second term uh, that that the mayor has done, and and then later we'll see how that shapes out. Uh, that's what's setting him up for a possible third term as mayor. To talk more about what's happening in Indianapolis, give us a little State of, the, State of the City 2023. Indianapolis Mayor Joe Hogsett joins us on our live line right now. Mayor, good morning.
6: Good morning, Cameron. Glad to be back on Open Live.
3: Thank you so much. It's it's good to have you. Um, you know, one of my first um, assignments, and I think I would have been, I would have literally been 18 or 19 years old, um, and I'm 30 now um was covering a press conference that you had. Amos Brown sent me down there. I don't even remember what it was, but you were having a press conference. You were still uh the United States attorney and you were having a big press conference about something and we had it live on Amos's show and Amos had me there to report and yada yada. Uh and so as I was getting ready for this interview, I was like, man, I've Joe Hogset, you forget, um, I forget how long that I've known the name Joe Hogsett, but people have been knowing the name Joe Hogsett since the late '80s in a number of different ways, including Secretary of State, U.S. Attorney. You're now a two-time mayor, and you want a third. Um, you're not tired yet.
6: Yeah, I uh, <laughs> speaking uh, speaking of that, Cameron. Uh, you know, I, I I was serving U.S. Attorney from 2010 to 2014, uh, and I. Was extraordinarily proud and pleased to be uh, in the Department of Justice, working for President Barack Obama mm-hmm. and Attorney General uh, Eric Holder. Uh, that was a, a wonderful opportunity, and I enjoyed uh, serving in that capacity. But um, you know, serving as mayor for the last seven years, and every bit mm-hmm. fine, it's certainly every bit as challenging, if not more so. But
0: mm-hmm
6: last uh, ten to twelve years have been very uh, active and uh, hopefully productive for the for uh, not only me personally but also the people of uh, Indianapolis and the city itself
3: well you know I have covered you uh, pretty heavily during uh, your time as mayor particularly uh, during the pandemic and I watched you as you I remember there was one story I was there you were you were opening the uh, the the parking spaces in front of businesses, so people could do drive up, uh, take out, take out uh, the the parking lanes so people could drive up and and get their food and go during the stay at home orders. And I was watching and reporting on you navigate, trying to help the businesses, but keep people safe. And there was just no part of me that, in that moment wanted to ever be a mayor. It yeah.
0: <laughs>
3: it looked it it, uh, it seemed to be an extremely. Um, a hard job. And I ask, are 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 you tired? Because uh, the past four years, at least the second administration, thanks to the pandemic, has been no cakewalk for any mayor.
6: Well, that's absolutely true in the sense that uh, I'm not alone. I mean, every mayor of every community throughout the country uh, has had an enormous challenge uh, in these last three years of a Uh, hopefully once in a century global pandemic it's probably the most challenging two or three year period that our city has ever faced
1: Mm
6: -hmm. uh in its 200 years uh but uh look uh when challenges are um, you know uh, present themselves you rise to the challenge and i'm pleased and proud to report that that's exactly what indianapolis did now uh this is not something i did by myself Mm -hmm. i mean uh were it not for Dr. Virginia Kane and the Marion County uh, Department of Public Health uh, and, uh, and, and uh, the Fairbanks um, uh, School over at IUPUI? I mean, medical experts were there all along the way. Public health experts were there all along the way to help me make decisions impacting the city of Indianapolis and its residents. And with uh, Virginia Kane's assistance and others. Uh, I think uh, the city responded uh, as well as it could, given the circumstances. Uh, I mean, the truth is, Cameron, uh, COVID-19 is still with us mm-hmm. now. We've come a long way. We have vaccinations. We have ways of protecting so that hospitalizations are are, are significantly down. And uh, fortunately for our residents and for the people as a whole, uh, the incidents, Uh, that someone uh, can be uh, fatally impacted by COVID uh, has been largely eliminated. But um, I just want to remind all your listeners that, um, you know, we we still have a ways to go to get completely on the other side. Uh, These have been a difficult three years, uh, but I think they've been a a learning period for our city. uh, And I hope we're coming out of this uh, period, uh, stronger, uh, and and better prepared uh, to face the challenges that the future might bring.
3: Um, before we switch gears, when we're talking about bringing the city back downtown, um, that's been one of the something that all your uh, opponents are, are talking about and revitalizing downtown and their things. But that's also been one of your uh, goals as mayor coming out of COVID is to bring life back to downtown. How is that going? Well,
6: Cameron, I mean, in the next probably three to five years, uh, we will be seeing and making um, approximately a $3.8 billion, that's billion with a B, uh, invested in public and private development uh, in and around the downtown area. We've been partnering very closely with downtown Indy uh, to keep our momentum downtown going. Uh, in fact, uh, just uh, a couple of months ago, I announced uh, dedicating $3.5 million of American Rescue Plan monies uh, for public safety downtown, overtime for our bike officers, increasing D-Link cameras for small businesses, that money will also be used for uh, cleanliness, uh, new downtown DPW cleaning teams, more trash receptacles, additional public restrooms. And then, uh, obviously, people are concerned about those who are chronically unsheltered, uh, who find their way downtown. And we're uh, dedicated to combating homelessness in every corner of our city, particularly in the downtown, by hiring Uh, Outreach workers who are especially struggle with mental illness and mental health related challenges. So it's a three point five million dollar investment that downtown Indy Inc. is putting directly into the downtown area uh, to bring our downtown uh, back to where it was pre pandemic
3: Let's go back to 2015 uh, when you were running for mayor, uh, which you assumed office back in 2016. I remember one of the things you had said was that you would not have a public safety uh, director. We had 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 one. That'd be the person who basically works between the chief of police and the fire departments uh, and the mayor. And you said, hey, I am going to be the public safety director as well as mayor. So I want to ask you some questions about public safety and, and violence uh, reduction that's happening in Indianapolis. Let me first start with, uh, you know, this week alone, there's been uh, this video that we've been talking about of Tyree Nichols down in Memphis, and it's got a lot of people upset. I have not watched it yet. Uh, I know uh, chief Randall Taylor has released a statement saying that that video doesn't represent Indianapolis's um, officers and how wrong that video was and what happened was wrong. Uh, here in Indianapolis on this show and other places, we have been covering um, the death of uh, Herman Whitfield, III, third, uh, who died in April of 2022 after he was tased um, by IMPD officers. Uh, I have heard from members on the general orders board as that person was he was tased. He was also on his stomach in a prone position. He said that he couldn't breathe. We saw that on body cam that just has been. Uh, released here in the past couple of weeks. I'm wondering, not only as mayor, but as the person who is the public safety director and who is uh, over the police department, uh, I've heard from people on the general orders board who said these guys, these officers, these men and women who are on that scene violated the general orders board. They violated the rules. Uh, The... Coroner's office has called it a homicide, not a murder, but that so that's not placing blame. It just means that Herman Whitfield III died uh, at, at at the hands of another um, individual. Uh, and so I'm wondering, as the as the public safety director of the city, what do you think of that situation?
6: Well, Cameron, uh, it's important first and foremost to express my sympathy to the Whitfield family, as I have on uh, several occasions previously uh, for the loss of their son. Uh, now, having said that, uh, the family uh, has filed a lawsuit against the city, uh, and out of respect to uh, for the judicial process, uh, I can't comment directly on that particular case. Mm-hmm. I will say, as you uh, accurately point out, Uh, The matter is uh, being first criminally investigated, uh, and uh, if any criminal proceedings are to follow, uh, the civilian majority uh, use of force review board uh, will review the criminal and administrative investigations uh, in that case and make a recommendation to the chief of police uh, on whether the officer's actions were in compliance with department policies and training and um I, I'm, I'm very pleased that our city over the course of these uh, last several years has uh, made substantial uh, changes in the accountability uh, of uh, police actions uh, by uh, creating, first of all, a use of force policy uh, that covers any use of force. Uh, we have created a civilian majority use of force review board. And that review board reviews every uh, instance where uh, police officers, law enforcement have used force. And you mentioned the General Orders uh, Board, which really is the board that oversees all policies uh, that must be uh, followed by IMPD and its officers. And that, too, uh, is now a civilian uh, majority. Those are changes that this administration has made. And I think they're profound. I think they are designed uh, to hold our law enforcement officers accountable uh, when they are called upon uh, or believe uh, the use of force is appropriate. Um, And they are charged with the responsibility of reviewing those cases and making recommendations to the police chief. Now, again, Cameron, I want to be clear. Those Mm -hmm. are separate and distinct from criminal investigation Mm -hmm. and criminal proceedings. Those are decisions uh, typically made by the Marion County Prosecutor's Office. And um, we don't necessarily involve certainly ourselves uh, or our boards uh, at the city level. But uh, our use of force review board, our general orders board, those are all civilian majority now. And they make up the policies, review the actions, and make administrative recommendations to the chief uh, regarding uh, incidents that occur uh, from time to time.
3: When you watch that video of of, of Herman Woodfield, I have not watched it, but can you share with us, uh, litigation aside, what you feel when you see that video?
6: Well, uh, you know, I am constrained by the litigation, but I I will say anytime uh, you uh, are – Uh, witness to, uh, thanks to body cams, which, by the way, prior to this administration, our police officers didn't have body cams. Mm -hmm. And that's another significant change that has come about during the course of this administration. And body cam footage really is designed to do two things, protect the people and the public generally. uh, When instances of interactions with police Um, need to be reviewed. But frankly, and I think most police officers would tell you, body cams also assist them. Uh, Because in the absence of body cam footage, um, sometimes it just comes down to he said, he said Mm -hmm. uh, type of uh, examinations. Now, in most instances, uh, we do have body cam footage. And I will tell you, just as a general matter, Cameron, mm-hmm. body cam footage is sometimes very difficult uh, uh, to, to, to watch. Uh, and uh, mo- most recently, I mean, I have watched some of the cable of uh, the ch- uh, cable channel news coverage of the Memphis situation. That is among the most horrific and uh, the most disturbing uh, video i've ever seen in my life and uh, i think in no small measure because of that uh video and because of its availability uh obviously uh memphis uh and the city have already uh the police chief has already made a determination to terminate the five officers and uh, in addition they also have already been criminally charged now i want to make it clear to your listeners uh, our uh Uh, judicial review uh, and our prosecutorial and criminal review uh, and our administrative review are a little different Mm -hmm. than the rules that uh, uh, that the folks down in Memphis, Tennessee have available to them. But we are all committed to justice for all, holding uh, police accountable when that's appropriate and protecting the rights uh, of our citizenry. So um, I think I am proud, frankly, in summary, Cameron, I am proud of the enormous steps the city of Indianapolis and the Indianapolis Metropolitan Police Department have taken to hold police uh, accountable and to make sure that they are true to their oath when they swear as becoming police officers to protect and serve the public. That's well, I'm, what they are charged to
3: do. We're going to go to the phones here. I'm glad you explained that because one of the questions I was going to ask, and you a- answered it, could you explain uh, why the Memphis Police Department was able to to move so quickly? Chief of Police made a recommendation and everything, and it's in in the shortest answers, their setup is different from ours. We can talk some more about that. Um, it, it's not uh, completely apples to apples with the way uh, the, the city makes a recommendation on officer firings and different things like that. Um, And so uh, for the sake of time, let's let's start getting some phone calls in because people want to talk with you, Mayor. 317-239-1009. 317-239-1009. Caller online. One, you're live with the mayor. I'm going to give you 30 seconds uh, to ask your question. Go for
2: it. Uh, Greetings, Mayor. Um, I I just wanted to let you know that your uh, police department, or because or, or, I know you're the boss, but they're undermining you. You have officers out there that are deliberately triggering people. I know you talk about them. you concerned about the mental health. Well, they, the police department are fighting against you, and this training that you guys are giving them, they're not paying no attention to that. They are doing what they want to do. So that, that, and I want to know. And I called your office twice, by the way. Go ahead for your question. directed uh, di- directed away uh, from your office. When are you going to physically uh, get a handle on the police department?
3: Thank you. Thank That's you, Paul. my question. Thank you, Paul. Mayor, yeah, you know, I, I,
6: I I appreciate uh, the perspective and 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 the, and the caller's um, uh, recommendation. I will say that, uh, you know, not, not just uh, IMPD, but every organization, uh, no matter what you're talking about, uh, has some, um, you know, for lack of a better way of describing it, has some bad apples. Uh, and uh, I know that, uh, whether it's IMPD, whether it's other agencies in city government, whether it's in the private sector, you have good employees, you have better employees. And you have a few bad employees. And my job as mayor uh, in working with the command staff of IMPD is to train our officers as thoroughly as we can uh, and uh, to hold them accountable. uh,
3: Let me, right there on hold them accountable, let me ask this question. Is it part of the mayor's job of Indianapolis, especially being the public safety director? I know we have the General Orders Board and the Use of Force Board. Does the mayor of Indianapolis make recommendations on officer termination and have you or will you, would you, in the Herman Woodfield case?
6: Uh, I I will tell you, uh, Cameron, the the mayor does not uh, make recommendations regarding any discipline uh, that the chief believes is appropriate for IMPD officers. That is exclusively the province of The use of the civilian majority use of force board, the uh, civilian majority general orders board in working with in conjunction uh, with the command staff and the chief of police himself. Now, and I also want to make it clear, Mm -hmm. the chief's recommendation or the chief's determination is subject to a review by the police merit board Mm -hmm. if the officer finds the discipline to be um you know uh unacceptable to that particular officer, so there are several layers of review that go on, and the mayor does not play a direct okay. role in any of them
3: okay let's keep going on the calls three one seven two three nine one zero zero nine call her on line two you're live on open lines. you got thirty seconds
6: hello um uh, yes i this is the good doctor i'm just trying to um uh, see where the mayor stands is why is he continuing supporting uh, the 10 point coalition and those type of clergy uh, that have, even though they have 10 points, they have not had one point to where they are effective. So why is he continue putting monies or uh, approving monies in that area? And when he can obviously put it in towards programs such as housing or youth programs? go right. ahead, sir.
3: Thank you so much.
6: Yeah. It, it, it's a good question. We are dedicating fifteen million dollars each year in 2022, 2023, and twenty twenty four to neighborhood based, community oriented groups for and crime avoidance, uh, crime intervention. Uh, the police department itself is, you know, kind of uniquely reactive. We want community organizations, and we partner with community groups not just one particular group, but uh, many of groups throughout neighborhoods and community-based organizations to try to intervene because no one knows neighborhoods better than the neighbors themselves. And that is why our partnership with community-based organizations, I think, in no small measure, is the reason why we were, we were able to reduce criminal homicides in 2022 by 16%. I believe it's why we were able to uh, reduce non-fatal shootings by 12% in 2022. And by the way, Cameron, I want to make it clear to Mm -hmm. your listeners, that's not a declaration of victory. Mm -hmm. We still have a long way to go. Gun violence, it plagues too many areas and neighborhoods in our city. But with a 16% reduction, which is far beyond uh, what other cities throughout the country Experienced in 2022 with a 16% reduction in criminal homicides, a 12% reduction in non fatal shootings. What that tells me is what we are investing in and what we are doing is beginning to pay dividends because the numbers are going down. In fact, in the first month of the year, uh, January is not over yet, but uh, year to date, uh, we are considerably, uh, from a percentage perspective, below the number of homicides that we experienced in January of 2022. So not only was 2022 a full year of gun violence reduction, but even in the first year of 2023, we're seeing a greater reduction over and above what we experienced in 2022. Mm
3: -hmm. So the
6: numbers continue to go down, and that's what I'm dedicated to see continues to be the
3: case. All right, almost out of time here. Let me jump to caller on line three. Good morning, you're live on open lines. you got 20 seconds now to ask the mayor a question. Good morning, Mayor. I don't believe you answered the previous question, but that's not here or there. I do believe that you tend to kick the can a
7: lot. Um, COVID has impacted everyone, and if I didn't get to produce during my job
3: during COVID, I will be out of it, and you want a third term. You also talk about crime being reduced. By sixteen percent, but people are still dying in the hundreds. And if you're okay with that, please come talk to me and my family who have lost loved ones under your watch. Thank you so uh, much.
6: I I I, I understand per- perfectly. Um, any any loss of life is unacceptable, uh, and I don't want what I say about crime reduction efforts and the success of those efforts. Uh, to in any way minimize the only number that you and your family care about. And that is the number one. And that is uh, the loved one who you have lost. So I can talk about reduction of 16%. Uh, I know in my heart and in my soul that the only number that you care about is the number one. And that is never lost on me and has never been lost on me at any time I have served as your mayor. Uh, And if you believe I have failed you, uh, that's what elections are all about. Um, And uh, I stand on my record uh, and will uh, do what the people want me to do. If they want me to return to private life, that is precisely what I will do.
3: All right, let's get one more call in before we wrap up. Caller on line two, you're live on open lines with Cameron and the mayor. Who's this?
7: Hello, my name is Betta. Um, I have a question to ask you, Mayor. Um,
3: and I you have got a case. 25 that, seconds.
7: It, okay, I have a case that's been eight years old. And we're talking about the detectives and everything out there doing this case. And i like to know what would you do if you find out the detectives on both forces the impd and the sheriff's department did so wrong on the case and it's a murder case what would you do about a case if you are faced in the future for this that the detectives are tampered with evidence and they're saying falsifying records what would you do that they would cover up a murder and that's the fact that we have a lot of murders in this city right now what would you do and it's been eight years eight years just think about eight years okay. and then think about this the person is supposed to have beat somebody but they was on the phone, they was calling the person, and they was beating them. How could they do all three at the same time and they've been eight years in this field, please incident
3: thank you all right thank you
7: yeah i I think
3: that
6: if there was ever uh an instance where uh there has been some kind of um uh falsification of evidence or tampering with evidence uh that uh that can be. Uh, discernibly proven, uh, you know, by a law enforcement officer, Uh, that officer would be subject to uh, discipline up to and including termination. Uh, And uh, that would be a decision that would be made by uh, our review review boards and uh, then ultimately made by the chief of police. Uh, And it's obviously a decision if the chief were to make it, uh, that I would support certainly any kind of, um, uh, you know, uh, malfeasance by frankly, any public official needs to be, uh, dealt with and, uh, they need to be held accountable accordingly with due process of law.
3: All right. Uh, Indianapolis mayor Joe Hogg said, uh, we are out of time. In fact, we're think we're running slightly over time. The clock in here is not exactly right. But um, there's a number of things that I still wanted to ask you about, but we're just flat out out of time on that. I wanted to talk about um, the, the vacant to the vibrant program, creating some more affordable housing, uh, and some other issues uh, among that. But uh, this is a campaign season, um, and so I know this won't be the last time that we hear from you. Um, but um, what to, to close out here in just, in just 15, 20 seconds, I will ask you, why should people give you a uh, a third term as mayor?
6: Well, I think that uh, in no small measure, uh, the record of the first term uh, was uh, one that at uh, at least seventy two percent of the people of our city uh, must have uh, must have agreed with. Uh, because that was the per- percentage by which I was reelected in 2019. Uh, so I'm proud of what we were able to begin uh, in the first term. The second term, admittedly, and everybody understands uh, that uh, the global pandemic, hopefully a once in a century uh, uh, occurrence, has not denied us, but has delayed much of the progress we were making in the first term and i'd ask the people to consider uh perhaps uh, another uh a third and final term uh simply to finish up the work that was begun uh 6 or 7 years ago that continues uh the momentum uh continuing for progress in the city of indianapolis and um because of the global pandemic uh, i believe uh, another four years are warranted um, uh, to uh, finish the job that I intended uh, to begin in 2016 and have continued to pursue uh, over the last seven to eight years. Um, I think we have, uh, as a city, uh, done a uh, as good a job as uh, we could possibly do in protecting our residents during an enormously, enormously difficult time. Um, And I ask for uh, another term on the basis of the fact that uh, we have begun a lot of exciting things for the city. And I want to see them to their uh, logical conclusion and bring them into fruition for all residents in all four corners, in every zip code, in every neighborhood.
3: All right. Indianapolis Mayor Joe Hogsett starting his week off right here live on Open Lines. Mayor, thank you so much for coming on the show. and We will talk with you soon.
6: Thank you, Cameron.
3: All right. That's going to do it for this edition of Open Lines. We are overtime. My apologies to Reverend Al and Brandon, who are taking over the airwaves next here on Hot 100.9 and 106.7 WTLC. We will be back with more open lines, same time, same station, next Sunday, live at 8. Prosecutor Ryan Mears will spend some time with us here on the show next Sunday. Hope you tune in. If you missed any portion of this show, you can check it out wherever you get your podcast and listen to the show anywhere, anytime. I'm Cameron Moodle. Have a great Sunday. I'll see you tomorrow morning starting at 5 a.m. on CBS 4 Morning News and at 4 a.m. on Fox 59 Have a great day.